Hey everybody, it's Across the Podcast with Dave. And Abby. We're back with another Halloween themed episode. We had two this we had two this year. We kinda we're on a good we're on a good roll now. So like we can kind of just plan out our episodes ahead, our episode themes ahead of schedule. Which is good yeah. for us, because you know, a lot of times we don't know when we're gonna record. But And we, the more Halloween the better. According to her, not my words. But anyways, and it is, it is. Uh, housekeeper notes, guys. You can find us on all your podcasting listening apps. So that's like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Across Podcast. We're on Facebook at It's Across Podcast, and you can email us at It's Across Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you guys, if you're listening to these words coming out of my mouth right now, make sure you are giving us a review right now. I mean, like right as, you're, as I'm talk, talking, you're typing saying this is the best podcast ever, or this podcast is totally random, but I love it. Or you could be detri- I guess you could be negative too, but you know, don't do that. That's mean. Constructive criticism we appreciate. Yes, like that Dave talks too fast. He talks slower. And my answer to you is I could if I knew how. Um anyway, so today's episode, Abby, take it away. It's just your this is your baby. Yes. Happy Halloween again. October is entirely a month of Halloween for me. Um and I love it. And another thing I love uh, is, is reading. So I thought, why not talk about our favorite spooky reads? Um, I love scary books, especially, like, kids' scary books. They're the best, so, like, scary stories to tell in the dark, which apparently is being made to a movie. Yes. Which makes me quite uneasy. It's pretty, um, it looks pretty. Is I brilliant yeah it looks pretty terrifying yeah the film i'm not so sure about um but the stories are just lovely and dark and creepy if i put lovely and creepy together in the same sentence but you know whatever yeah i know it's it's a me thing um i recently was recommended by one of my colleagues another kind of collection of stories called Uncle Montague's Tales of Terror by Chris Priestley and they are also phenomenal and there are two other collections as well that I have yet to read but I'm going to this spooky season. Uncle Montague. Um, That's a great name, Montague. It is, isn't it? He lives in this creepy old house as well. Of course he does. Which helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, so... My offer for a spooky book, I actually have one, surprisingly, because you'd be surprised that I can do this, but um, Rebecca, by Rebecca, by, Re- what's her, what's the author's name, Rebecca Dumaria? Daphne Dumaria. Daphne Dumaria, yes. So, that is a very spooky book, but I actually loved it. Um, did you really? Oh, I that's did. brilliant. Yes. It's such a good book, isn't it? Yes, it really is. I mean, it's it's super spooky, but like in a, it's a spooky in like a way that like I can appreciate. And uh, yeah, that's my entry for to start. That's that's good. I appreciate that, and I am rather surprised. But I can well do done. I can we'll read a few more. I like can that. I can do spooky as long as it's not like like you know like because Rebecca's not horror it's like suspense you know I think that's the difference okay. I, I can do suspense I can't really do horror so okay so basically you won't be reading most of the books I'm talking about then probably not <laughs> that's a 
across this book uh, slightly before it was published. I'm very lucky to work in a very cool bookshop where we occasionally get sent books before they're published. Mm-hmm. Um, just so when they do come out, we'll be able to talk about them. We'll already know about them. Yes. And this one was, again, I would say it's YA. Okay. And it was called Rules for Vanishing Ooh. by Kate Alice Marshall. And it's, it was just, I had no idea what it was about. Um, the cover was quite cool. And there was like a, a road leading into the woods type of thing on it. And like a girl standing on the road, I think. And it was really like mysterious. And I was immediately drawn to it because I love you know, spooky things. Mm-hmm. And I started reading it and it became this whole other terrifying situation. And I couldn't sleep for about a week just because it was so good. Basically, there's this old legend about a mysterious road that kind of appears through the woods on occasion. Oh, and once upon a time, a girl disappeared on it, like way, way, way long ago. And then this girl's sister becomes obsessed with that legend. Um, And she might be slightly unstable anyway, but she investigates it and then she ends up disappearing. Mm. So then the sister, who is the main character in the book, has to like discover the road and the legends and try and find her sister. Okay. And it's terrifying. it's got like an essence of like the um, Bloody Mary game, you know, with the mirrors and like, ooh, all sorts of folklore interwoven into it. Interesting. Yeah, I loved it so much that I had to pass it on. So I sent it to my sister, who then read it in like a day and then also couldn't sleep for about a week. It's <laughs> a good combination. <laughs> Um, I mentioned it before, but the book, a book, a book that I also very much love, it could fall into spooky books, is The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. I've mentioned it before yes. on here, but I think it really kind of, that'd be a great book to read this, this time of year because it's, you know, it, the setting is always so spooky. It's oftentimes dark. They're in a big mansion house. You don't know what's going on for most of the book. It's a whodunit type of situation. Um, but like what I really liked about it so much was you didn't really know what time period you were in. It was never. They mentioned there's a car there, but you never, you never really hear about. You know, it's, it's timeless, but you cannot, you can pin it to a time, generally speaking, but you can't really pin it that well. You can't put it in ge- geographical location either. So this, so it kind of, I don't know. It made, it made it to me. It just made it that much more enjoyable to not be able to put it someplace specifically. Cause I want to do that with books. I want to put it in a time and a place, and I couldn't do that. It would be crazy at first, but then I loved it. But it's also just, it's just a well-written book. It's a great story. It's a great story. It's, you know, it's keeps you guessing for the whole entire thing. Uh, and just, it's, it's a, just a great spooky book. Another brilliant one. And I'm very proud of you for reading through all the spooky books that you have this I, year. <laughs> I know. It's doing pretty good. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take it back a step. It's still kids horror though I guess you could say um, and we kind of mentioned this before Banicula is one of my favorite books ever 
which I've never read it, but I want to now because I read, I was reading, I was telling Abby that I uh, was recently reading, I tried to do ordering books for the library. As re- and one of the, one of the, uh, like the columnist articles was about Bernicula and how he still loves it as an adult today. And the one quote was, apparently in the, in, in the story of three, three men, is a dog, a cat, and obviously the aforementioned Bernicula, which is a bunny. Well, the bunny, what he does is, uh, he basically drains a life force from vegetables, okay? And the cat, what's the cat's name? Chester. Chester is convinced that Bonicula is a vampire. And one of the quotes he has is, is he says, first it's vegetables, next the world. And just in a kid's book to have that kind of quote in there, just it floors me because it's just, it's just so funny. You know, I mean, as a, as a kid, you wouldn't get it. But as an adult, you get it. And it's what makes this book, I have, I've never read it. I want to. And I'm sure I'm going to laugh the whole way through it. You will. I, I, read it um and i want to read it again i think i read it last year and it still holds up it's really really funny it's very cute um and there's just all sorts of shenanigans happening and it's a series as well it's not just one book uh there's one that i really enjoyed that's Benicula meets edgar Allan crow <laughs> right which is a really funny title anyway um and there's an rl stein-esque character in that oh really like the author um and it's just it was it's so funny that one maybe i'll reread that one for this halloween but that one was always one of my favorites but i adore Benicula so much yeah i i am really kind of excited to read it um I'll read it soon. I'm going to grab it from the library and read it. Um, taking with the kind of kids theme, um, one of my favorites is Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. Um, it's a short story, so it's a little, you know, it's not really a book, but it's just a short story. It's a great short story. It's been adapted so many times. Uh, we mentioned in the last episode, it's been done, done by Jeff Goldblum. Fawn. Um, Disney did a version as well, and also this Johnny Depp version, uh, which is, you know, also a classic. Um, but it's just, you know, it's timeless. You have a bridge and a man without a head for, and he throws pumpkins at you. You know, it's, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just, it just has, it's a quintessential spooky story. You know, you have a specter. There's a TV series of it too. Yeah, but the TV series is tangentially related. Um, True. Yeah, it's not quite, it's not at all the same. It's just the fact that it happens, the fact that it's, it's a town called C.P. Hollow and it's a headless horseman. But other than that, there's no pumpkin for a head. It's much more, it's much more dark. It's yeah, it's not, not the same. But I guess tangentially related. Close enough. Yeah. So what else do you have? Um, I have. I do have one actually that I've not read yet. Um, but I requested it because it looked really, really cool and interesting, and probably. A bit feminist, you know, in its own special way. It's called Hex Life, and it's um, Wicked New Tales of Witchery. So it's like a collection of witchcrafty tales. Hmm. Um, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to reading it because October is the month of all things spooky and especially witches. Yeah, definitely. Going off of another traditional Halloween trope, vampires. I suppose we discovered that there, before Dracula existed, there was a 
Another, it's, it's, it's a novella, but it's a gothic novella written by uh, another Irish author. Abby told me that Bram Stoker was also Irish. Didn't know that. Now I do. It was called Carmilla. And it was about, it's, it's a, a fictional piece of fictional work, but it's about a female vampire. And it's, it's, told, it's told by the viewpoint of a, of a woman who the this vampire basically is trying to get, you know, her clutches on. So it's basically, basically, basically Dracula only with female main characters, as opposed to male main characters. Which I like because you know in this eighteen hundreds it's kind of a very bold move to do. Um, obviously, it's not as well known as Dracula is, probably because of female characters. But I digress. It's a short read, it's like a hundred some pages because it's a novella, so it's a short novel. I haven't read it yet, but I want to. So I'm just curious to see how somebody another author took this took the story before Bram Stoker got it. I'm sure Bram Stoker probably read this book before he wrote his own. So I just wanted to see what kind of similarities there are between the two novels. Yeah, depending on when it was written, I recently read a, oh, it's kind of historical fiction-esque about um, a young Bram Stoker when he was the manager of a theater in London. Oh, is it? Ah, I think I remember remember seeing it come across the library before. Shadow Play. No, never mind. No, not what I'm thinking of. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know. It was it was written before it was written before Dracula was. Dracula was written in eighteen. 18- okay. It was it was written fifteen seventeen years before fifteen years before Dracula Dracula was written. So plenty of time, and if he was researching, he would have been aware of it. Oh dear. Yeah. On the note of like, have you read Dracula? I've I have read parts of it. It's a little bit. Okay. It's. So I've tried reading both Dracula and Frankenstein, but they're both a little bit too... Uh, Gothic? No, it's just, it's... For me, like, I I've, I've, I cut my teeth on more modern writing, so their writings, to me, is kind of hard to get, get through. I'm not a big... Sorry, guys, I'm not a big, I'm not a big classics person. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of all the classic books. I don't read classics that often. Because as a reader, they just don't appeal to me as much as modern... modern talk, you know, tellings do. I watch the movies though, so I know the premises of all those books, but I just don't read them because it's hard for me to get through them because I just I don't know they bog me down with too many details. I'm like, oh my god, please stop, please stop. <laughs> well, that's all right. I mean, to each their own. I really, really like Dracula. It's one of my favorite classics, actually. I mean, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's better than Frankenstein. From what I've been told um, by people. I think I like it more than Frankenstein. Um, but Frankenstein's still good in its own strange way. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd say I like Dracula better. Yeah. I will say, Frankenstein was, Frankenstein was written from a much darker place than Dracula was. I feel bad for Mary Shelley, because like, she lost her husband and had his heart, like his, his heart on yeah. her neck. Some pretty dark stuff. She lost a kid too, I think. I didn't know about that. I said she lost her husband in sea, and they got his heart or whatever. And yeah, yeah, she um, she led a very tragic life. Wasn't she? Wasn't she tangentially associated with Lord Byron, or am I thinking of or was another? Yeah, so you're thinking um, correctly because um, Percy Shelley, her husband, um, and Lord Byron were vaguely known to each other and they did a writer's retreat and reportedly um or supposedly rather when 
Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, it was like at a writer's retreat with Lord Byron. Oh, okay. And then he had to come up with like a ghost story type of thing. Uh, and she came up with the best one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought, I think that's something like that I heard before, but I can't quite remember the details of it. But that's that rings a bell now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't listened to it before. I think Jurassic Park is a is is a Halloween story. I never read the book. No, I've not read the book either. And I want to. I think I'm gonna read this Halloween though. Kind of, I want to finally read it because because the first two movies are both books. But Jurassic Park and The Last World are both books written by Michael Cart. Michael Crichton, I think that's how you say his last name. I can't. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I want to read them because, like, you know, I love the movies. Obviously, so I should read the book, and the book is different than the movie. Um, obviously. Um, so we shall see. Sorry, there was a loud car driving past, and I had to make an angry face with them. Sure, sure, sure. Um. Yeah, so I mentioned R.L. Stein before, and we kind of had a little chat about Goosebumps as well, and mm-hmm. I figured I would just throw that out as the the last one, because they are just so classic. Yeah, they are. Um, I read them. I remember watching the movies, too, and they always spooked pretty good. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I guess, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say that R.L. Stein wrote books, not only for kids, he wrote books for adults, too. I haven't ever read his adult work, so I'm not sure how it measures up. But, I mean, his kid stuff is legendary. I mean, Goosebump series is just so well-known, um, as it were. And now it has two movies, too, which are cute, not scary. I've not seen the second one, I don't think, but I've seen the first, and it was cute. It wasn't overly scary. The second one isn't as good as the first one. The first one was better. Oh, the second one is funny, though, because... Um, and I was telling you, kind of, um, so in the second one, uh, they discover an unfinished manuscript by R.L. Stein. Okay. Oh. Okay. And, um, essentially what happens is when it's, when it's opened, all his stories come in the real world. And there's a part in the movie, I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's a part where there's a very, there's something that comes in on your screen that you know very well from what from its part from its place in popular culture, and it's and it's not written by Earl Stein. It is a book, a horror book, but it's not written by him. But in the movie, he says, "I knew I had that idea." This is very funny, and you wouldn't get it as a kid. You wouldn't get it as an adult because you wouldn't you wouldn't know it as a kid. But as an adult, you get it. As, it's a very funny moment. I encourage you to watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Um, okay, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. It is it I'm interested now because like R.L. Stein, there are so many like great things that he introduced to kids, like spooky things, like the ventriloquist dummy and the like terrifying mask you can't get off. There's still t- dummies still terrify me. Dummies and dolls both. Ugh. God. I always had porcelain dolls when I was younger, so they don't really terrify me. That's terrifying. <laughs> My sister had one of the American Girls dolls, and I swear to God, thing is freaking haunted. <laughs> oh, those, those, uh, those were supposed to like promote literacy and girl power. All they do to me is prom- <laughs> all they do to me is promote being scared. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yes, 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, spooky stories. Do you have any, what are some of your favorite spooky stories you've read or are beloved to you? Um, let us know. Um, I will read anything you tell me to read. I won't because I'm a slow reader and I'm a scaredy cat, but I'll consider it. I will mull it over and let you know. Um, I'll give Dave my reviews. Yeah, I can read about it. I, re- I read a lot, so I read a lot of book about, somebody's about book online all the time. I don't want to read it, but I want to know what it's about, so I read it, and I'm like, uh, no. Sorry, it's not going to cut it. I don't like to be, I don't like to be up for a week I'm scared of this character because I just read. I don't do that stuff. I can't. I'm too soft. My heart can't take it. I might die of a heart attack or something. I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah. All right, guys. Anything else, to, anything else left to add, Abby? Uh, happy Halloween. Yes, guys. Okay. Happy Halloween. By the time you listen to this, it should be the middle of October, uh, closer to Halloween. So we hope you have a beloved spooky holiday. Um, and if you get candy, hopefully it's a Reese's Cup. It's the best candy there is. Um, no questions asked. I can't debate with me. I'm telling you, Reese's Cups are the best candy in existence. It's not, there's no debate. It's peanut butter and chocolate. There's nothing better. So, can't. All right. I won't argue with you then. That's what I'm saying. All right, guys. So for Dave. And Abby. Have a great day. Cheerio.